Hello everybody and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume 9, issue 430, and today we're going to talk about Paper Mario, the original. And joining me, Leon Cox, in issue 430 are Darren Gargett, Paper Mario, and Leah Haydu. Woohoo! Yeah, of course, no voices, no, no Charles, not a, not a single utterance from Charles Martinet in this particular game. They had no room on the cartridge for such things. First thing I wanted to say, actually, was when we scheduled this podcast, I say we, I think it was me, because I don't think this was, this wasn't nominated by anyone. I think this, this was because it's 20 years old this week in Japan. Uh, I say this week at the time of this podcast being released. So we didn't know when we put this one, when we put this schedule together, we didn't even know of the existence of Paper Mario, the Origami King, which was announced and released in the meantime. So that's quite extraordinary. Mm. It's uh, a contemporary game. And nor did we know about, and I still don't know a lot about, but I have done a little looking into it, Bug Fables, the Everlasting Sapling, which is currently available on steam i'm not sure if it's elsewhere yeah, yet. it's on the switch now, yeah. yeah oh is it okay mm-hmm. and it is absolutely a don't want to call it a clone because it's got its own characters and story but it's very much a spiritual successor to the original mm. paper mario it has the 2d flat characters it has similar gameplay mechanics uh, it's by moonsprout games published by dangen entertainment and it has a very happy, overwhelmingly positive uh, review on Steam from punters, over a mm. thousand people. So if you loved the original Paper Mario, but haven't been as impressed with all the follow-ups since maybe, maybe it, since the Thousand Year Door, uh, might be worth checking out Bug Fables. It's had some great reviews. Uh, but anyway, this podcast would have happened regardless of those. So you keep saying that kind of thing, and I don't know. There's an awful <laughs> lot of coincidences that happen there with are, the schedule. There really are. Mm. Yeah, but I th- it's more about the industry watching us than us watching the industry. Well, obviously, right? yes. Yeah, I don't know what else it could be. Friends in high places. After a falling out with Square, according to the IMDb, the developers of the Final Fantasy series and then developers of Super Mario RPG 2, Nintendo, renamed Paper Mario to Mario RPG 64 and then to Super Mario Adventure. After that, they renamed the game Mario Story before picking the final name of Paper Mario. That's not quite right because it is actually called Mario Story in mm-hmm. Japan. Paper Mario is only the Western name. But yeah, it it was, you could say, a victim of the falling out between Nintendo and Square, Square Enix, uh, around the time of the uh, the generational shift. So we had, famously, we had uh, Super Mario RPG, which we covered earlier this year on the Super Nintendo. We were going to, we were all happily, merrily expecting further Final Fantasy games and other things from Square on the next Nintendo console. But then Sony wooed them away with their CDs and storage space and polygons and and whatever else. And uh, And so it came to pass that Nintendo were kind of back to the drawing board. And in fact, they handed development of their next Mario RPG over to the mighty Intelligent Systems, who had already been around making uh, as a sub team, a department of Nintendo, uh, had been making games since the early 80s, having made a ton of very recognisable games, including high profile ones such as Metroid, but also things like uh, a lot of the sports games, tennis, soccer, baseball, golf on the Game Boy. And perhaps most importantly, 
in this sense, they'd made all the Fire Emblem games, which go all the way back to, well, I can't even remember when the first one was, like 1990, I think, something like that, on the, the original uh, Famicom. That Shadow right. Dragon. Yeah. So there's been a lot of those, and they still make those. Uh, in more recent years, intelligent systems have been uh, given uh, the likes of WarioWare Gold, which is the sort of WarioWare Megamix on the uh, 3DS, codenamed Steam, Pushmo and Stretchmo, or Pull Blocks and Full Blocks elsewhere. They also uh, have made the other Paper Mario games. I think, uh, did they even make the ones that were less well-received? Yes, Sticker Star. Yeah, yeah, I believe so. Sticker Star and, uh, was the one before Sticker Star? It color. was um, Color? Yeah, color, okay. color Splash on the Wii U. Color Splash, yeah. Okay. Mm. Mm. But yes, normally a studio, apart from some, some of those uh, slightly less well-received Paper Mario games, a, a studio associated with extremely well-regarded, well-performing games, Advance Wars, etc., Fire Emblem, and so on. Uh, Ryota Kawade was the chief director and game designer, stayed on for the Thousand Year Door, but wasn't involved after that, might be telling, uh, mm -hmm. still working within... Oh, no, was chief director with Super Paper Mario as well, actually, mm. my mistake. So, And another aspect that I think might be relevant is that this was the last game in the series that was localised via a project in Nintendo of Japan. And I think one of the things that makes, and I speak as somebody who's never played beyond the first few minutes of, of the second game, even though I've owned it since the start, the translation, the localization by Nintendo Treehouse for Thousand Year Door was considered one of the sort of highlights of that. And also the Mario and Luigi RPGs. Mm -hmm. A lot of the affection for those games is about the comedy and the mm -hmm. writing and the characters. Whereas this one, obviously we'll get into it, but I don't think there's quite so much indicator that there's sort of so much going it's, into yeah, that Yeah, it's not as funny, I don't think. I, there, there are definitely comedic bits to it. Sure. But yeah. I, I think that's more of a focus in some of the later games, or at least it seems to be. Yeah. It's quite sort of straightforward translation wise, and uh, yeah, it does it, it, it's fine. It's not a, it's not like one of those badly thought through or you know badly spelled or with poor grammar or tons of ob obnoxious sort of. Oh, um, you mean like the Final Fantasy localizations of that era? Exactly. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like for that yeah. era, for that time, seeing those Mario characters being self-referential and mm. you know just talking, mm. just general talking. That was okay. more than enough to be humorous to me. The fact that they were just, you know, making silly gags yeah, and that's fair. It was a novelty at the time. You know, we've we've had like two decades worth of on and off that's games, a good point. so we're kind of used to it. But back on the N sixty four, when you saw Mario and Luigi, basically yeah. just you know belittling Luigi and all that, like it was a novelty <laughs> and it, and it was funny. True. Yeah, fair point. And I do remember it being quite well regarded for that at the time. But mm -hmm. I think yeah, it's probably perspective and time and and subsequent projects that have slightly diminished it in that respect mm -hmm. yeah uh, the composer the main composer is yuka Tsujioko, and she is responsible for uh tons of the music for the fire emblem series going back as far as uh, 1992 and all the way up to three houses last year uh, koji kondo of course is credited as well with some of the original mario tunes and some from Mario 64 and various other games. And Taishi Sender works on the sound programming and sound effects. As I say, this game came out in Japan. Originally, of course, in August, August 11th, 2000. 
the American version took uh, four months to come along. Is that right? No, six months uh, for February 2001. And the rest of the world, naturally, because it was the old days, had to wait another eight months until October 2001. Uh, Deadpool negative. I'm not sure. This is interesting. I don't know whether this is a slightly false memory, but obviously it, it seems real to, to Deadpool negative. But based on that, maybe maybe he got it early or something or maybe imported it i don't know but deadpool negatives uh comment from the forum is i want to talk about one reason i remember it so fondly i was playing it in the week 911 happened and i beat it that following friday it was a small thing but being transported into that world that horrible week and helping mario and his friends save the mushroom kingdom and peach throwing him a party in the end seeing the good guys win well that was a bit of balm for my soul that that story kind of lines up. I read this earlier on, and I thought that lines mm. up with my history with this game, sort of. Not jumping ahead, oh. but I worked at a company called Tufnels nearby, and yeah. I remember explicitly when I heard about the news being in this warehouse, just lobbing parcels into the backs of lorries. And mm. also, I used to play Paper Mario on the N sixty four, get on my bike, and go to Tufnels. So there's there's the link there, and because I had mine on import, I had it since February, and it took me ages to finish it. So. I I really remember with my then girlfriend or you know my wannabe girlfriend just playing this in the blazing mm. hot like in August, and then soon after hearing about the news about nine eleven and stuff like that. Like, mm. there, there's a link there, and like just reading that post definitely both, took me back. Like that's interesting. Both both Wikipedia and Nintendo Life have the UK EU release date as October two thousand. Yeah, so. I imported mine because I had two N sixty fours, didn't I? Right, I was import mad at this of course. point and. Um, like my brain's tricking me because I think at some point, like the like Nintendo sixty four games at this point, like Conquer and Paper Mario, like uh, th- this game was released over here, like a week or like it felt like a, right before the GameCube, right? It was they were so next door to each other. Like, it was a few months before, yeah, but, but not that far. It wasn't yeah. like the GameCube in November. So again, if I was importing, it would have come in November. So I definitely no GameCube in Europe was like May two thousand and two. April, May 2002. What, what about the Japanese one? Because, like, I had, again, Japanese. Oh, yeah, that was 2001. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, for, yeah. for me, like, getting Paper Mario in my head right before the GameCube didn't seem right. They, they seem worlds apart. Oh, yeah, yeah I, yeah, anyway, yeah. The, 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 the 9-11 thing really just, it kind of unlocked a box of secrets in my head. So, um, I'm, yeah. It I'm, was it was definitely late in the day for the N64 when mm, this came out. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's yeah. definitely worth saying. Uh, the Wii virtual, virtual Console version came out in July 2007 when the game was a mere five or six, uh, six or seven years old and then it arrived on Wii U Virtual Console in April 2015. There's a few differences to note and uh, rather disappointingly, the, late, the most recent release is probably the worst way to play it. The Wii Virtual mm. Console version has more frame rate drops than the Nintendo 64 version but also loads more quickly when moving between areas. Special effect attributes have been altered to reduce the risk of seizure or are different due to emulation issues. The brightness of light effects from super blocks has been reduced. The screen dims when an explosion occurs. Fire Mm. and explosion effects are now solid colours and magic transformation wave effects no longer have flashing colours of white and yellow and are waves of purple and pink. That's from the Super Mario Stupid Nintendo always making things more (laughs) accessible and safe. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously it's it's the right thing to do if it's going to present uh, prevent seizures. But it's also worth remembering that, yeah, if you do have access to the original, that was if you can play on original hardware or the original 
uh, I don't know how, if the emulation would be affected if you were running it on a PC or whatever, but just to bear in mind that um, it's not identical. And then further down the road, that Wii U version. So this is a problem that virtually all Wii U virtual console releases face, which is that the image is dark. It's actually kind of got a dull yeah. grey sheen over it, mm. which which is a uh, is something that you can counteract to an extent with your TV controls, but it's noticeably just like everything's got a little bit of life sucked out of it. Uh, it's a it's a strange one. the The good thing about the Wii U version is it does have a smoother frame rate, has less frame rate issues than the N sixty four or the Wii version before it's. Fire and explosion effects are more like the original version, albeit darker, which I guess makes them safer. The magic transformation wave effects are still altered as per the Wii version, but differently. <laughs> um, in addition, the light effects are malformed and have a black glow. Uh, loading is fast as per the Wii version. So again, that's a slight advantage. Again, thanks, Super Mario Wiki. Um, but there it is. The game reviewed really, really well back in the day uh, as an average of 93 on Metacritic. And user reviews are still positive to this day with a 9 out of 10 on Nintendo Life from 134 punters. The game sold 1.37 million copies, according to Video Game Sales Wiki, which is a, a new resource I've found. Uh, I guess that makes it reasonably successful for a very late N64 game mm. without breaking any records or whatever. But um, I don't know what their anticipation was for it, but uh, I guess it made its money back and they obviously launched into developing the sequel. So, uh, so Darren, you, yes, you've already mentioned some of your history with the game. I know you haven't had a chance to go back and recomplete yeah. the whole thing, which is completely fair enough. Mm -hmm. uh, but what else, uh, how else does your history with the original Paper Mario go? Yeah, pretty much like I said earlier, I was heavily invested in importing N64 stuff at this time. Uh, yeah, it, it come from an import. I remember just playing it over the, the course of a very long time. Like, it wasn't when I sat down because I'd never really played an RPG before this. I dabbled with Final Fantasy VII and it wasn't really my thing. But seeing this as a kind of a lighter version, you know, even the magazines were saying, like, you know, that this might look like a cutesy cartoony game because all the magazines kind of had to justify nintendo's aesthetic back then even nintendo magazines were like yeah it might look cartoony and 2d which is like you know like they were kind of like making up for the fact that because it was 2d it was somehow inferior and you just think ah, oh, it's just yeah. such an old archaic mindset so, that's how it was yeah then, it totally it? was yeah and it then, was yeah. yeah and they were just trying to justify it and i was just like oh, but you know it looks it looks it looks good to me imported it and i played it for months like i played like an hour a day and just because I didn't have any time frame for how you know how long to beat didn't exist back then. Obviously, I was just playing it and then just playing it for months and months and months and um, yeah, and just ended up obviously just completing it. But I've never been back to it since. I've because mainly because every time I've gone to play another Paper Mario, they've always released that uh, another one of the Paper Marios or a Mario and Luigi in between. So you've never I've never really had the opportunity or the appetite to go back to older ones. And no. then I started this year. And then all of a sudden, my free time was sucked into oblivion, so I couldn't carry on. Um, yeah, so um, I got to about chapter three on my recent playthrough. Yeah, it was a good few hours okay. in, I guess. So a, a decent, good refresh, a, a decent wedge. Yeah, but I wish I'd have done it all because, yeah, you know, me and the N sixty four, we're um, we're all buddies. Yes, special relationship. Mm. <laughs> uh, Leah, how about you? When did you come to Paper Mario? So this is actually a, a pretty big one for me. Um, I am, I, I'm pretty well uh established as the resident 
JRPG person, I, I think. Not. Um, I think well, is the word we use. I guess you could call it that. You <laughs> uh, wanted to be mean, but no. I, <laughs> I, uh, so this was kind of what set me on that path. Um, I, I think I've mentioned, in fact, I know I've mentioned before that uh, the N64 was the first console that I bought for myself. Um, I had, you know, Sega Genesis and some other things uh, when I was uh, when I was younger. But when I went to college, I bought myself an N64. It was well after the fact. It was almost uh, when the GameCube was out. Um, and it was it would have been around the time that Paper Mario came out. Uh, so I bought the console and I had a copy of Paper Mario and I really liked it. And at that time I hadn't really played any Final Fantasies or any Oh uh, I see. Yeah. So it was um I, I started with this and, you know, really was was uh getting a lot out of it and, and really enjoying myself. And my uh my boyfriend at the time uh said hey you know if you if you like this if you're having a good time with this let me let me recommend something else to you and that's where final fantasy 7 happened so um mm. yeah um gateway drug this yeah exactly so uh if not for paper mario i might not be the uh weird japanese enthusiast <laughs> that, that you know and love today so uh, it worked yeah apparently mm the pushes and you've been back to it as well i have yes i um i it had been i think i i may, I may have revisited it at some point in between now and then i i'm not sure um but i i hadn't it, it had been it, even if i had it had been a, a number of years so i decided that i wanted to uh give a shot to replaying the whole thing and i did manage to accomplish that i played the wii virtual console version um yep. because i at some point i sold or traded in or whatever my my uh cartridge copy of paper Mario. now it turns out that's kind of expensive right now mm. so um mm. little difficult to come by the n64 version so i uh i was looking at what else was available and um i all almost did the wii u version and now i'm glad i didn't uh i checked yeah. my wii to see if i had it already and i did so uh so i played that version and uh, i i th i thought that it was fine i mean having not played the original in uh in a long enough time i uh couldn't really tell the the differences I, i'm sure side by side or or if i yeah, played it yeah. more recently i would but um sounds like the wii u version is a little bit of a mess so i'm kind of glad i didn't do that yeah, in some subtle ways. So I also bought the original game on the N64 when it came out on PAL in 2001, 49.99. I'm absolutely certain. I remember the the weighty feel of the box with the manual in and that presumably fairly large cartridge. I don't actually have the the uh, the megabit size in front of me. Um, I played several hours of that, but I remember getting stuck quite early on and then distracted. And as Darren says, it was the kind of the the change of the generation so i was probably getting lured away by ps2 games and then gamecube games and then xbox original games things like halo and goodness knows what else so uh as much as i've never stopped playing older games because newer games came out it's very easy to get sidetracked that's what happened years later i sold my n64 when the virtual console happened assuming at that point that we'd be able to play everything and it would be just as good if not better on on virtual console turns out that was probably a mistake someday i'll get a, a multi-region hdmi modded uh, n64 for my collection again but until then yeah i bought the wii version and i was uh, talking about false memories 
I was convinced, so convinced that I mentioned to Darren in preparation for this show that I'd played 33 hours of Paper Mario on the virtual console. Turns out I definitely hadn't. I was <laughs> so sure, but the game is like 30 hours long. I reckon you could play it for 30 three if you did absolutely everything Mm -hmm. but my memory was up to uh, i don't know about chapter three or four so i think what i'd actually done is played 13 hours and in my head conflated that to 33 for some reason um and then that was on the wii when the wii u virtual console came out i automatically quotes in inverted commas upgraded (laughs) to the wii u virtual console versions of all those games for whatever one pound 70 or whatever they charged because i thought well obviously it's going to be even better on the wii u than it was on the wii better emulation so on and so forth oh god that, i'd that. forgotten they did that that upgrade thing yeah oh i yeah. forgot i did it with everything the good thing is well the good thing was that you could still play the wii versions if you had the wii u versions but of course that mm. shop is now closed so you can't so I was stuck replaying or playing for the first time the Wii U version, which I have done and completed the other day, uh, 28 hours, I think, in the end. So, yeah, there we go. I've now finished it off my plate after two decades. Give or take. <laughs> Looking forward to the second one. Uh, Joe Bobonobo from the forum says, It was this, not Super Mario RPG, that really made me fall in love with the concept of Mario with RPG mechanics. Its graphics have aged really well for an N64 title, and it truly made the Mushroom Kingdom into a living, breathing world. Typical Mario mainstays such as Boos, Goombas and Koopas were not just fodder for Mario's boots, but had their own communities where they are just trying to get by like everyone else. Playing as Peach in between chapters as she is trying to help Mario from her floating castle prison helped in fleshing out her as being one of the more resourceful as being more resourceful than how she is typically portrayed. The battle system with its timed button presses along with the badges helping you out in various ways really built upon what made the battle system in Super Mario RPG so fun. The partners are also a great addition with typical Mario enemies becoming your allies and their uses both in and out of battle implemented very satisfactorily. But what really makes Paper Mario a joy joy is that while the story is for the most part pretty basic stuff, the stories making up each individual chapter help in fleshing out Mario's world. In this game, you have to deal with a monster that eats booze, get shrunk into a toy box run by a militaristic shy guy, and help an explorer in discovering a tropical island. Super Mario RPG got my curiosity, but it was Paper Mario that had my attention. Mm. The game starts off from Paper Mario Wiki in Mario's house, as Luigi reads a letter to Mario informing them that they are both invited to Princess Peach's gathering. When they reach the castle, the player controls Mario to look for Peach. When the player finds Peach, an earthquake is felt, and then Bowser and Kami Cooper, who is a female Kamek, basically, Magic Cooper, crash through the window where Peach and Mario are talking. The player engages with Bowser, but is soon powerless due to the fact that Bowser has stolen the Star Rod from Star Haven. He then blasts Mario out of the window of the castle, which is floating somewhere in space. Mario falls, is unconscious, and then the seven stars gather round Mario. Mario then starts his adventures, fighting many bosses and enemies alike to save Princess Peach. Pretty uh, 
I, I something <laughs> that Mario. I, something yeah something that I get a kick out of uh, and and not just in this game but but notably in this game is um, <laughs> Bowser seems so happy when he's like hey yeah I I did it <laughs> he's he he kind of acknowledges that he's gotten himself into quite a lot of trouble with Mario before and uh, yeah. he's he's pretty pretty pumped. he's still cackling com- and confident right until. The, uh, I suppose we should issue the spoiler warning. Uh, I mean, it feels almost redundant because <laughs> of the nature of the, the game, the story, the history, and so on and so forth. But there is your spoiler warning. He's pretty much confident right until the very last segment of the very last battle, which mm. involves this little sub-character, Twink, which I believe is also yeah, a is. euphem. Yeah, it is, yeah. So there he is, Twink. Yeah. It's also used in um, MMO terms, right? When you hit a a, a, a player-made cap, so like, I'm only going to go to level 10, and then I'm going to oh, make yeah. myself the best level 10 possible character in the game. And then that's also called a Twink. I did not know that. Hmm. So yeah, little little Twink, who has assisted Peach and Mario throughout the game by becoming a sort of messenger to have agency where Peach doesn't have so much, as our previous correspondent said, Peach is resourceful in this and she sort of she's almost sort of duplicitous in that she plays with Bowser's perception of her and is actually quite devious and uh, Mm. proactive in making sure that Mario is able to continue his adventure. I suppose that's something. Um, But but she is fundamentally yeah the imprisoned imprisoned princess, the damsel in distress for most of the game. Yeah, right at the end, Twink joins the power of the uh, the other the bigger seven stars, the main ones. I can't remember all their names. And uh, dopey, sleepy, (laughs) sneezy. Um, And yeah, turns the tide of the battle in the favour of Mario. Activates the so-called Peach Beam. I was very, uh, my, my niece was very excited to hear about the, uh, the peach beam because she's obsessed with Princess Peach at the uh-huh. moment. And, uh, she thought it was very cool that you win the game by, by activating the peach beam. But Power there we have it. of love or friendship or whatever. Yeah, something sweet and icky. Power of yeah. pink. Something to do with emotions. <laughs> um, yeah. Other characters. Uh, well, there's Mario who is wordless. As usual, I believe everything happens around him. He doesn't actually say anything, does he? I'm not imagining that. No, he just does his uh, kind of general uh, emoting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Luigi talks. He's not as offensive as he is in Mario Luigi, where he does the general Italian noises. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Which I believe are actually done by Charles Martinet, aren't they? Mm, Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, they're just a little bit questionable. Even though it's not actual dialogue, it's still his... uh, Italianish. But yes, the other allies. So obviously, I say obviously, it's not obviously if you've never played it. One of Mario's first friends that he makes is Gumbario. <laughs> so Mario is, and again, you could, I'm surprised almost that Nintendo didn't say at this point, you can't have Mario friends with a Goomba. Mm. <laughs> uh, there's some, there's sort of some hand waving about how the bad Goombas in the other games were just following orders like the Nazis, Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maybe not the yeah. best defense, but you know, it's Nintendo. <laughs> uh, but yeah, is quite fun, and he has the most writing of any of the allies because you can. I know I actually forgot to keep doing this because there's so much of it. You can just be in any location 
and tap a direction on the well it would have been the c buttons but now mm-hmm. it's the right analog stick and it'll tell you a little something about what's going on and you check in with his family once in a while his family come out and ask after him and um as a, as a as a character with uses talking about his uses in the game uh, i enjoyed doing tattle on everyone oh, yes. which is the uh, finding out the enemy's hit points most crucially uh, but also some some strengths and weaknesses uh, and strategies. So yeah, Gumbario, I like him. He was the one that I probably used the most just because of that tattle ability. Mm. And you you do need to spend a turn in order to swap people out of your uh, out of your party. So usually, yes. if I was just had him around as kind of my default character, uh, yeah. unless I had to, like unless it so was, was uh, a you turn, know, yeah. yeah, exactly. Unless I had to, I would just keep him in. Uh, he did a decent amount of damage, and he had that useful ability. So multi bonk later on when you get him ultra powered up. Yes. Multi bonk, indeed. Multi bonk <laughs> doesn't doesn't yeah has a has a it's another thing with a connotation. If you yeah, you just you just keep you just keep hammering on that button. You just keep bonking, <laughs> and yes, he befriends some other characters who are traditionally bad guys. That is to say, Cooper, who is a Cooper Trooper, Bombette, who is a Bobom, Paracarry, as we say, Paratrooper, Lady Bo, who is a Boo, Sushi, who is a Cheat Cheap, and Lucky Lester, who is also known as Spike, who is a lucky too. Uh, they all have their pros and cons, um, and they're all. I think they're all quite cute. Now, what is a little Sparky? But I don't really know. I, I couldn't actually s- sort of place where. Oh, they're the ones that go round the platforms. In, yeah, in, yeah. I, that's okay. that's that was what I assumed. Right. Okay. So yes, they are all commonly. So is there a theme to this game? Is it actually saying, you know, team up and be friends with your enemies for the greater good? Maybe. <laughs> it works out that way. It does. It wouldn't be the first time they've used that storyline. That, like, that's that, That's also yes. happened in yeah. many other Paper Mario games. <laughs> it's just like, oh, there's a uh, bigger guy over there that's... But they're like, you know... Yes. And Super Mario yeah, RPG. Because, yeah, kind of with, uh, with Bowser in your party. Mm. Oh, yeah. So yeah, any other favorite either characters in terms of both their either their personality or their their move set or their abilities? What I would say is that I don't think beyond Gumbario, uh, Paracarry, you you get to spend quite a bit of time with outside of battles because if you do any of the delivering letters subquests, but I don't think you really get to know most of them too well, or I didn't anyway. No, I I um I I liked um. I liked Bo because her attack is that she slaps stuff and Five I, slaps. for mm. for whatever reason I am a sucker for that particular goofy uh attack. Um but yeah, I mean you uh, like you were saying Leon, you, you don't uh there are a number of places where you use their abilities, but there's not as much of you speaking with them or like doing side quests for them or or any of that. You kind of you do the area in which they become your ally uh and in some cases uh like lady bow you know it's it's a ghost house or you know it's a but it's it's not always directly related to them but um there's not a whole lot of character specific interaction aside from um uh from well actually i guess you do for uh for the two koopa characters as well or you uh in their uh respective villages Mm. is that do you think maybe it's at this point when well at the point mid 90s when square made super mario rpg 
and we we talked about those beloved characters that people still want to see brought back in Smash or a different Mario RPG or whatever Geno and so on. Mm. Is do you think it was their their experience of writing characters for RPGs that actually helped cement those characters? Was it was or was it just purely the the slightly out there visual designs or probably a bit of both? I would say. Yeah, probably. I, I it's with with like Geno specifically. I think that this given that mario rpg was kind of the first one of that type of game i think a lot of people just have really strong associations for it it was you know that that snes era um uh attachment that that you could really get from people especially if that was their first console or their first rpg or whatever um so yeah probably a little both deadpool negative says the various companions mario meets throughout his journey are part of why the world is so memorable Although Gumbario gets the lion's share of the writer's attention, I had a particular affection for Bomet. Mm. Bomet or Bombet? Let's say Bomet. Hard B. Mm. <laughs> uh, no More Spiros from the forum says, It's a shame that only Gumbario is allowed time to develop outside of the letters, since the partners tend not to talk that often after joining the cause. But he's a highlight in and of himself as equal parts encyclopedia, idolising fanboy and snarker. If you have the time to walk through all 49 tiles of dry, dry desert, he has a remark for each one. And seeing him grow more and more frustrated from the heat is both very funny and a little cruel. (laughs) I did not do that. I did not either. (laughs) 49 tiles. It's not seven by seven, is it? I don't know. I I, I went through a lot of it, but I thought it was anyway. Uh, that's the only multiple of anyway uh maybe it's six eights and one odd one let's not worry about it too much (laughs) (laughs) there were going to be more playable interactable partners twink goompa gumbario's dad Uh Uh and gumbaria sister were going to be partners but they were cut from the final game according to the wiki uh one Little NPC who is, I believe, completely unique to this game. As far as I know, I haven't played the sequels. Maybe he makes a comeback, but I like the name and I like his bit. <laughs> Chuck Quizmo. Yeah, he's good, isn't he? <laughs> I do like, I have a thing ever since probably Banjo-Kazoo was the first one that I remember doing it. Maybe not the first to do it, but the quiz about the game that you're playing. I do have a soft spot for that in silly games and mm-hmm. Chuck Quizmo's uh exactly that after every so often after you've spent a certain amount of time in a location well there's triggers obviously i don't know what they are behind the scenes but chuck will turn up he'll be standing somewhere and he'll ask you a question in multiple and it kind of the stage pops up like a a tv quiz show and uh, you can win a star piece i think every time for that yes it sounds right yeah um can i can i pop in uh, my favorite npc here uh which is um uh, oh gosh what is it's the grandfather uh koopa uh koopa coot is his name yes that's yes, right. right um he uh gives you a pretty long series of side quests i actually didn't finish it um, a lot of favors yeah yes uh and i think it's like every every maybe two or three he will give you a set of three uh, star pieces. Every other time, he just gives you a single coin. Um, yeah, right. But, uh, I mean, it, it pays off if you if you keep going to get those star pieces. But um, the reason I would say that he is my favorite is because there is a side quest uh, where it, this is early on in, in his... Um, uh, in his kind of line 
where where you have to go and get a videotape uh, from Goopa <laughs> special interest video. Yeah, and none of them, neither of them, will tell you what's on it. They're just like, oh yeah, it was a really good tape, uh, but I can't talk about it. So um, obviously, uh, he's Koopa Coot has some uh, free time on his hands. And mm. uh, he would like and some to, other stuff. Yes, he would like to watch his videotapes, and I'm gonna let him. Like, he <laughs> just, uh, give me the yeah. star piece, and I'll go. <laughs> just to... even even at his age, you still get the urge sometimes. I suppose. <laughs> the uh, yeah, the, it's talking of bits that probably wouldn't be in a modern Nintendo game, <laughs> even <laughs> in, implied innuendo. The whole section in the in the cold village where with the with the uh, apparent murder. Yeah. Yeah, I had forgotten all about that. Uh, yeah. I was surprised. <laughs> like you just go in and he's he his wife comes. Uh, you it's the mayor of uh, the of Pe is, is it Penguin Village? Uh, Shiver Shiver Shiver, Shiver City yeah. Shiver, Shiver Shiver City. Yes. Uh, so you, you go in to talk to the mayor and he's just dead. And it turns out later, of course, he's not actually dead. But you go through a whole sequence of events to prove that you didn't actually kill the mayor. It's, uh, His wife's literally going, you murderer, yeah. you killed my yeah. husband. Uh -huh. yep. <laughs> yeah, again, I just, I, I like the fact that that really took me by surprise. And it just, yes. the tone felt out of whack with what was going on. <laughs> I think, it, I was trying to think about my niece, who's 11, um, what she would have made of that if she came to that now because i've been talking to her about the fact that i've been playing this mm -hmm. really old game and she's now sort of getting to grips with the idea that loads of the games in the, her favorite series were made before she was born mm. <laughs> um but the i think stuff like that might she might find it a little bit much i would imagine like she, that a lot of kids would probably yeah. maybe not maybe a lot of not even kids just yeah that's yeah but especially kids like that's, that's it's all all right in the end surprising. and then she's <laughs> She's there at the uh, at the at the closing post game scene where you uh, go to the castle for the final parade and and yeah the the, the wife is still there just kind of <laughs> silly me I thought you murdered my husband. <laughs> well, you <laughs> walk in there. as as you walk in, she says, "Oh, you know, welcome. If, you know, ha if we can do anything for you, just let me know." And then that flips <laughs> instantly to you, monster, you murderer. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, Shiver, uh, Shiver City or Village. You've got a toad town, naturally. You've got some uh, some roads that link places up. There's a there's a kind of map. It's not wildly helpful, but it's mm. generally everything's quite fairly... The, the layout is fairly straightforward. I didn't get lost too many times. Uh, but a really important thing, I think, for me with playing RPGs is the, the promise of interesting and varied locations. And this, I think this uh, does have some fairly distinct areas. But talking about the... The look of the game, obviously, of course, we acknowledge it is a two decade old game on a quarter of a century old piece of hardware. Um, and bearing that in mind, I think for me, and this sort of goes through not more than just the, the graphics, but I would say it looks nice. It looks pleasant. Obviously, it's a little rough around the edges, a little, little blocky here, a little blurry there. It's an, it's an N64 game, mm. but it does have a charm. I would say overall, though, it is, for me, it's lacking a real sense of magic. Hmm. I don't know. I I think I th I actually think that it holds up reasonably well. Cool. Um, it's so stylized that even though it is, uh, as you say, it is kind of you know rough. You can you can see some of the like the jaggies on the edges and everything, but it doesn't go for a like a realistic style or uh, or anything like that. It, it 
broadly a lot of the art looks similar to what it does in other subsequent releases in the series because you know it's it's it, paper mario is paper mario so uh i mean there there are of course differences but um yeah, yeah. i i don't know i i like that it goes to the the different kinds of locations and um we i part of the correspondence earlier um mentioned you know that it's it kind of shows some of the characters that you wouldn't normally see going about their business, going about their business, living their lives. And, yeah, yeah, and I and I like that. I I um I I think that it uh, for me, I thought that the setting uh, and the art actually do hold up pretty well. Yeah, I I think for an N sixty four game, it was you know there were you know, Yoshi's story had a similar vibe, like a pop up book kind of thing. Yeah, um, Parappa the Rapper was around before that, so we had yes. you know two D paper in three D environments. Mm-hmm. And you know the the games. There were games afterwards. I don't know if Doom counts as a similar thing, where it's two D sprites <laughs> in a three D world. But like Paper Mario seems to just stand out in terms of like you've never seen Mario like this before. And you know they do kind of. I remember um, going to an inn, like a Toad Inn, and they said, "Do you want to take a nap?" And I said to the person who was sitting next to me, "I said." I, mean, I remember this. I don't know why. I said, if Mario doesn't flop into bed <laughs> Float like into a floating bed. bit of paper, I'll be upset. And that's exactly what he did. And I was just like, yep. right. brilliant. This game's got a charm. And so, and also when you go into the shops and the buildings, like the fourth wall pulls down or it opens, yes. you know, so you can see inside the shop. And that's kind of maybe like a metaphor for the whole thing being a stage play because the front end, much like Which Mario's is something three, Mario's flirted with before yeah. with Super mm-hmm. Mario Brothers 3. And, and, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. And know, 2, actually. The game, yeah, that's right. Yeah, with the curtain, with character yeah. effects, yeah. The, yeah, the, yeah. There, there is a charm to this game, but I do wish that... I, uh, it's a bit harsh. I'm being a bit harsh because it's an N64 game and it was the first one that I you, you, you. If you can't be harsh about the N64, because, <laughs> no, you, you know, we know we know your passion for that machine. So. The environments you're in, they're not expansive enough. Like, they, they mm-hmm. feel like little shoeboxes with shoeboxes in them. And you're like, well... Little I dioramas. Want, I want to get... Yeah, you know, and that, that's kind of the point, right? Because the initial presentation was, look at this thing I've did, I've done. And then they pulled him back in for a production meeting or a planning meeting, and they went from there. So the idea was to have Mario running around in little shoebox kind of like environments. Yeah. But in terms of a Mushroom Kingdom being realised with all these characters, like, now, when playing, like, lately... The environments just aren't big enough now that they just feel so like that they should have more like promise in them. If you know what I mean, like they have co- they have cool things where you jump over a, a secret kind of you know nook and cranny, and the camera spins round to reveal a, you know a back alley with a, a fortune teller in it or stuff like this. But yeah, I do wish that like the lack of magic that you're probably saying probably doesn't come from the uh, the visuals because I, I I believe they're quite charming. I think the lack of magic comes from just the world just not expanding as much as I'd like it to per zone. It all, they all kind of mm. tread a, a similar line. Like if you're going to go into one place and you go from left to right, you know, at some point there's going to be an up and a down path and one's going to take you to one bit. It, it that doesn't really feel to me at least like it's one massive world. It feels like loads of little bits joined together and less so than the previous game. Surely the Super Mario mm. RPG, which mm. really felt like just yeah. a set of, stages with linking fast yeah. travel paths yeah that's what we said last time wasn't it but i do yeah. feel like this you can one actually walk has... from place to place in this one you can oh, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't actually discover the fast travel stuff until much later than i should yeah have. no same uh, yeah you can unlock some blue pipes under toad town but you need to have several of the abilities to actually get to that i think mm. 
yeah. uh, before you get there. Um, yeah, and I think maybe, to be honest, some of the lack of, quotes magic, which is obviously a completely subjective thing course, anyway. Yeah. Uh-huh. Sometimes we feel it, sometimes we don't. I think maybe partly uh, one some of the comparison videos I've watched of the, the different versions, the the Wii U version lacks some of the like the sun rays and the mm. sort of lighting effects and things like that. So I think maybe I'm actually being robbed of of the best of the little touches like that can make all the difference. Yeah, absolutely. One, one thing I did want to say though, completely agree about flo- floating into bed. Yeah. Completely, yeah, com- completely agree about the unfolding and folding of the locations as you go into the doors. Mm. But other than that, and going down the pipe swirling down the pipe the fact that this i know the japanese version isn't called paper mario that it doesn't do anything with the paper yeah no. it really doesn't it's more of just a visual <laughs> thing and then yeah. in in later entries they really do step it up well, in only that the regard. new one especially is, is yeah. pa- paper up the wazoo origami <laughs> yes um but uh, yeah, in the, in this one, it's it's almost like they just had the idea of hey, this looks cool, yes. and and we can do these particular gags with this. But they didn't. You're right. Yeah, they didn't. They really didn't work it into the gameplay much uh, at all. Because effectively, when you're in a battle, because it's all side on, there's no there's no missing things because they're two D or whatever. You know, right? Or, or or you know, I wanted stuff like setting stuff on fire because it's paper. I guess mm-hmm. uh, you know, you do burn things. Of I course, also in like this to game. set things on fire. I mean, what? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> yes. You get what I mean, though. Like, uh, I don't know, things that would affect paper adversely. So once you're in the battle, you're de- you're back to the normal status effect issues that, uh, that you would right. is- expect of an RPG. Uh, fire enemies Man. don't like water. Water enemies don't like fire. But there's no interplay with the idea that these are things made out of pulped wood. They really could have gotten super dark with mario getting set on fire oh boy yeah yeah well i, I do wonder maybe they thought about doing that and went mm, well, let's walk that one back a yeah, little bit yeah it could bit. be too traumatic i mean the, the, i want to say stuff about the latest game Oregon, but i'm yeah. not going to I, i'm guessing <laughs> they finally I, it yet. I feel like they finally embraced the paper concept yeah the yeah game. and yeah. the reviews at the time were like this is a really good you know rpg adventure but why paper like it yeah. was a thing back in the day mm-hmm. and i do you know and it yeah, it is an aesthetic choice rather than a gameplay choice. And, mm. um, yeah, the, you know, I, I do wish he was more like Flat Stanley and that he could like, you know, uh, that's a very old um, yeah, school book from England times. And, uh, yeah, you. Flat Stanley could post himself <laughs> underneath doors. Like, exactly. If Mario, if Mario I think in Thousand like Year Door he does some of that stuff, doesn't he? I, th- I think so. But I remember in yeah, Super Paper Mario so. he turned himself into an air- a paper airplane and stuff yeah, like that. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know... Yeah, and I think there's places where they can like roll himself up into a tube to travel faster and and yeah, 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 yeah stuff yeah. like that. Yes, there's yeah. really not much of that here at all. No. Audio wise, uh, I mean it burbles away quite pleasantly. I think for me, I got sick of the battle tune. It's not the Final Fantasy VII battle tune that <laughs> you can never get bored of. I'm sure some people have, but. Uh, <laughs> It, it, it um, again. I think musically, it does have a little, a few little uh, phrases throwback to the previous game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I say the previous game, <laughs> the, the Super Mario RPG, and uh, and there are some nice bit. There are some the the the, uh, the theme for Sh- Shiver City has some really weird uh, effects in it. But obviously, the whole thing I I would say suffers from the fact that the N sixty four was never designed to be uh, an audio powerhouse mm. things sound a little muted and and uh compressed uh, c- 
compressed indeed yeah mm -hmm. even on the because obviously they didn't what they could have done with the emulated versions on virtual console is say hey have the uncompressed sound <laughs> yeah. uh but of course um i think it was uh well it was grant kirkhope was uh That's former right. guest of the show talking about the fact that uncompressed versions don't necessarily exist because they were built with the mm. compression in mind so mm -hmm. it's not just as straightforward as doing that but yeah um this was a game i played i listened to every area's theme and some of them i left on but this was also a nice game uh, what you call a podcast game Darren, yeah. which is not a game to podcast about but a game to catch up with some of your podcasts too so with with no offense meant to uh to the co composition team with uh yuka tsujioko and co um i did listen to all your music but um but some of it was a little bit insipid mm. i really like the main menu kind of grand opening kind of thing it definitely <laughs> kind of it sets a tone for an adventure because it's um it's got quite a slow do 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 uh, it's really good like and it's kind of really just like it says, yeah i'm ready for this it really g's you up but the kind of the tunes that go in the background apart from the um the opening area which i, I can't stop hearing in my head <laughs> like all the other tunes that are, aren't very memorable to me the the battle tune obviously because you hear it countless times but yeah the music is kind of just happening around you and you know it's nice but i wouldn't say i've never gone back to it as a um as a soundtrack for like earworm purposes mm. i i agree with what you all are saying about the uh about the music um but one thing that i will say that really bothered me about the sound effects was that it's not the mario jump sound effect and mm, i no. th that that bugged me for some reason i no, it's a, yeah. a weird choice to more like a sonic agree. one isn't it it's not as yeah, kind of as yeah and sonic, i know that there but... are badges that you can get that will change your uh um, five of them yeah yeah i never really messed with that i think i picked up a couple of them um but i didn't they, the the two or three I found just gave gave you comedy sound effects. Oh, I yeah, because that's maybe, kind of what I assumed it would be, but I didn't. Maybe I didn't one check, of them so. is the original Mario sound set. I'm not sure. Forget. Are they annoying? As annoying as the dog sound effect in Donkey Konga? Probably. Because that was <laughs> they, they like that, yeah. <laughs> that was just like, oh, no thanks. One so, thing I will say is that although this game in itself isn't that, that nostalgic for me, because although I did start to play it in 2001, I didn't finish it or form a bond with it it is nostalgic to for the first time play uh, an n64 sounding game with some references to the super mario 64 tunes in mm -hmm. uh some of just some little bits and bobs from the mario 64 soundtrack not loads just a few little uh little bits for talking to the toads and stuff like that mm. yeah yeah the theme in the japanese version for meeting a new partner is completely different it was likely changed for the international version because the original song sounds similar to America from West Side Story huh. and Nintendo didn't want to risk a lawsuit from Leonard Bernstein's estate. Yeah, it does. Uh, listen to it. It, it goes da 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 like that. <laughs> uh, the credits theme, though, was not altered to compensate. So there is a sort of reference to it in there. Weirdly, uh, and these are the sort of changes that you wouldn't necessarily ever know about if there weren't loads of fantastically... Uh, nerdy people on the internet looking into this stuff the mm. mount rugged themes main melody is played by a whistle well sort of a synthesized whistle and fiddle in the japanese version whereas the international version it's an organ sounds a bit different and the bowser castle background music and the final boss fight theme both slightly altered from the original japanese for the versions we've played the percussion was changed some sections of the melody were altered to play an octave lower mm. yeah 
Uh, that's from thecuttingroomfloor.net. Right, let's get into the gameplay stuff. We'll start with Blue Weasel Breath. Who says, I remember when this one came out, I'd already finished and loved Super Mario RPG. I was hoping in vain for a sequel to that game, not quite understanding that Paper Mario was a kind of follow up and the closest we could hope for at the time, given that the Square Nintendo partnership was done. But when I eventually realised Paper Mario was, to all intents and purposes, the spiritual successor to Mario RPG, I decided I needed to check it out. When I started playing it many years after its release through emulation, as I never owned a Nintendo 64, the linkage was clear. The main motif from the Super Mario RPG battle theme is even hidden in the Paper Mario battle theme for a few measures, serving as a subtle thematic link. I remember playing this on my laptop in empty classrooms between college classes. Some screwy emulation errors comprised, compromised the experience somewhat for me, but I still had a good time. I recently decided to download this on the Wii U eShop so I could play it along with the show. I still enjoy the experience just as much, even at 35 years old. I've never grown tired of the silliness and whimsy of the RPG-style Mario titles, even if the writing is clearly aimed at a younger audience and foregoes deep themes and complex subversive narrative. It certainly does. While the battle system and other mechanics are streamlined, the battles still require strategy like all the best RPGs. In fact, the simplified HP and attack systems in which you know each time how many points of damage you'll inflict if you get the timing right require more intentional strategy than RPGs in which random number generators and a bunch of complex algorithms decide how much damage within a range of possible damage values you'll do. Since each attack does a reliable amount of damage and leads to predictable outcomes, it's possible to make more strategic decisions about which characters should use which attack on which enemy. Therefore, when things don't go your way during a battle, it's usually because you made a strategic or tactical error or missed a timed attack or defence, not because an RNG calculation outside your control screwed you over. Call me lame, but I find Paper Mario's system to be a much more enjoyable experience. It's basically Dark Souls. <laughs> hey, there it is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm interested I... in both your perspectives on that because, uh, Darren, you don't really play RPGs much at all. And, Leah, you're totally obsessed with them. So, yes, hmm. that's, uh, I mean, obsessed is a strong word. Uh, so, no, I, <laughs> a I, big fan. Uh, <laughs> yes. I, I, um, I agree to an extent. Uh, and that extent is that I think that it is quite different from something like a Final Fantasy. Mm. Um, but... I think that they both have their uh, their their good points. I like that you can, uh, as as um, I'm sorry, uh, as Blue Weasel Breath says, um, I I do like that you can, and and I I made use of this pretty frequently, um, especially when I uh, made sure to scan all of the enemies so I could see their health bars. That helps yeah. a lot. Oh, yeah. um, you. If you know that your next attack is going to down an enemy, uh, then, you know, you can have Mario do something on his turn or, or, or I suppose the other, the other character, if you wanted to let them go first, but, uh, you can yeah. have him, you know, use his star power to heal, uh, because, you know, you're not going to get hit again and you, you know, you, that way you don't waste a turn and just have your partner finish him off. Um, there's no kind of, I need to keep hitting away at this until, uh, something, uh, gives and you know i i can't tell whether it's gonna be on this turn or the next turn as they say you you will know uh whether your attack is gonna do this or not 
but with something like a Final Fantasy, I do also like those systems because it's it's you have more of kind of a risk reward thing because you don't always know exactly what's going to happen. You kind right. of have to have all of those things in mind when you're when you're choosing your attacks or when you're choosing what to do. So I I think they they both are uh valuable to me um as just different ways of playing a similar yeah. type of game mm. so it's a yeah, cop-out for, answer but it's me, what i have <laughs> the the simplicity and control is what makes me enjoy this game like if i don't want to battle something like more often than not you can just run away from them right some some of them will ch- chase you down but they do the kind of metal gear solid exclamation point and like you know they're coming for you but if you if you're not interested in the fight you can just you can just do one whereas like things like pokemon final fantasy 7 like the random battles and that just they infuriate me because if i'm not in the mood for a battle then mm. you know you've got no choice other than you can try and run away but trying to run away from a random battle and watch your character fall flat on his face is even more infuriating. So in this, I kind of felt I was in more control. But the simplicity of this game in terms of HP being like, it starts at, what, 10? <laughs> like, when I used to see, like, um, PC RPGs or even, like, Final Fantasy, it was like, you did 29,000 damage. You're like, what does that even mean? Whereas in this game, it's like, I did one damage and I'm taking one HP off. And it just boils it down to just simplicity. And that, get, that really helped me get involved into what, you know, an RPG is, you know, and I've tried playing games. Um, I think like Mario and Rabbids also has a similar concept where it's like when you're hiding behind cover, it's zero, 50 or 100 percent. There's nothing in between. You know, if you've got 100 percent, you're not going to suddenly spin off a bullet that's going to miss like in in XCOM or, or Fallout 3, for example, like you've got a 77 percent chance and you miss and you just feel like you've been cheated. And to me, I'm just a bit like, nah, you're all right, mate. I, I, no, you're all right. But in, in yeah. these games you press a when you're about to hit the enemy and it's up to you you know what i mean and that's why i like the south park ones as well because they do a really good job of mimicking what paper mario did or does mm-hmm. and uh, you feel more in control so i think i i like the idea of rpg games um or not rpg games the g is the game but anyway yeah i like the idea of <laughs> rpgs <laughs> but it's just the randomness of it all where i feel like i'm out of control yeah i think that's where i really enjoy Nintendo's mm. approach to it is that they give the, the you know the player the control that um yeah that I, there's I less crave. yeah you you can you know the dice roll kind of thing yeah yeah in fact there there is less of a dice roll is the thing it's more mm-hmm. of a here are the rules and mm-hmm. you kind of figure them out over your first like when I did die in this game and I did a few times uh, a few boss fights went awry even maybe yeah. a couple of regular encounters. So this is a game where the enemies are visible on the overworld, but only one at a time. And you might tackle what you think is one, but there is an element of RNG there, I think. Although maybe they're always exactly the same, I don't know. In a particular location, you you try to get the first hit on an enemy. That's another sort of mm-hmm. thing that's uh, distinct to this setup. Sometimes they get the first hit on you. Although you still get the, to make the first move, whatever happens, uh, but you might you might either afflict or take some damage. You might end up in a fight with four quite tough regular mobs when you're expecting one or two. And yeah, I definitely had some ga- some games where your item inventory isn't that big, so I found it quite easy to run out of items. And if you get kind of if you get the sequence wrong in your head or you make one extra move that you didn't need to make that didn't do any damage because you forget how a particular enemy responds maybe it's shielded to a certain attack type or yeah you mistime your 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 um 
analog stick twang to get the hammer hit in or something like that it can really derail you and it, yeah. it can all come apart quite quickly i find fortunately a combination of um the game has fairly frequent save blocks that you can use and playing it on virtual console you can make save states which i didn't mm-hmm. abuse at all just uh, <laughs> i just used them to save having to backtrack but um it's not that it's not ever challenging there were definitely some boss fights where i was uh sort of hanging on by the skin of my teeth even the very last boss i think i had one one hit point left when i won the game um so i think it feels like they that specificity to the the amounts of everything that's in the game and the amount of damage and uh, the the relationship between attacks and defense feels like they it it allowed them to balance it incredibly well so something that I really like, um, first of all, I, I 100% agree about having the enemies on visible on the world map because that that even somebody as as a pro JRPG <laughs> as I am um, thinks that random encounters are bad. <laughs> but I, um, I I kind of like that. At, and this goes along with the fact that there, is, you know, you just kind of learn the rules of the actual uh, the game rather than just brute forcing your way through. Is that you almost yeah. can't brute force your way through? Mm. Um, there are you when you level up as as Mario, um, you don't choose really to up grade your stats like your attack or your defense no, right. yeah. you uh there are only three things that you can upgrade you can upgrade your uh hit points you can upgrade your magic points or your flower points and you can upgrade your badge points so you can uh, in that way you can mess with your stats a little bit because badges yeah. will have different effects uh, depending on which ones you have equipped Buffs. um but uh once you from what i can tell your your number level really the the primary effect that that has is how much experience you're getting out of the enemies that you're fighting after a while if you're high enough level and you fight something it's not going to give you any experience at all so yep. they kind of bottleneck in that way yeah. you know you you can't just over level yourself and continue to push forward um you you kind of have to get the point at some at, at some point yeah which uh, maintains your engagement with each individual skirmish yeah. because you yeah you'll never be wildly over leveled there are definitely some later in the game and obviously if you go back to earlier areas you're mm-hmm. you're massively overpowered but there was never a point in the game where i was just like uh just hammer the a button to beat mm-hmm. beat the game. you have to actually remember to do the right action commands both attacking and defending yeah the the timing on some of the defensive presses although you can actually make that window larger with badge perks mm-hmm. is pretty tight and um and the game isn't i think i'm not sure what frames a second it actually runs it it looks like 25 to 30 to me but uh it's definitely not 60 mm-hmm. um so you have to kind of read the animation as it's kind of almost not stuttering towards you but it's not yeah, it's not like silky smooth. So there's mm. all kinds of little wrinkles going on with that. Speaking of um, XP and audio noises from before, the, the mm. noise when an enemy spins and dies, it goes, mm. rawr, rawr, rawr. Like, that noise is just brilliant. Like when you see an enemy spin around and pop into nothing, that noise when the little XP balls fall out into your HUD, like that is just ingrained <laughs> in my head forever. Like I'd, Some orbs. Some orbs indeed, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, like there's just... The the, ba- the the battle system in this game and all the 
you know the Mario RPGs going forward. I've really, I've really enjoyed. You know, it's some less than others for the various reasons that we we'll get to far in the far flung future. But in this one, I'd never really experienced anything like this. Like, um, you know, the yeah. fact that you you do press A right before you land on a on a on a bad guy on a baddie, and you you get more damage. Like, it, it felt really rewarding, but also you felt like it was completely your fault. You know, to to a point. You know, sometimes you feel like you press the button or you bumped into a new enemy and you kind of the anticipation of the attack you know you can you kind of mm. you know you learn the hard way with that you're like well i wasn't really expecting that to happen so therefore you know how was i supposed to defend with the button press you know th- th- it feels sometimes it's um it's smacking you on the bum a little bit um but overall i just found it to be a really enjoyable um learning experience from a kind of a, a relatively fresh person to the to the genre of rpgs it was um yeah i mean i've uh, a lot of people say it's like it's an easy game, you know. Um, but I guess these are like RPG enthusiasts who played harder games. But they say Paper Mario is um, an easy game to breeze through. But for me, it was just like it was the right it was the right time to start learning about you know all these things and like because I've never really played a game before where it was HP, FP, and BP. I'm like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> but again, the simplicity they they boil it all down to kind of like yeah, there was a few things going on there, but really like you've got like you know, this is one badge point and it, you know, it does this and uh, you, mm-hmm. you, you put the time in and you, 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 you know, you, you're suddenly fluent with the language of Paper Mario. Yeah. So yeah. I, in terms of them approaching the player as like, you know what you may, you probably never played a game like this before on the N64, almost certainly. And uh, yeah, they're catering to that market and I've really appreciated it from a combat and kind of upgrades point of view. Yeah. It's almost makes me think of, not that I really want to compare Paper Mario to chess, but it feels almost like when you think about the difference between something like Sid Meier's, Sid Meier's Civilization and chess, like you could argue that Civilization is just like many, many orders of magnitude more complex because there are so many more variables. But actually it means that there's a lot of uh flexibility but also exploits and uh and kind of flaws in the system and and all that kind of thing and in a way maybe this kind of super tight kind of more rigid set of rules in this rpg although this game is definitely child friendly a a child or someone with the mental age of a child (laughs) could complete it Mm. but there's still, as you say, because you have to stay engaged with the combat because you can't over-level and because you do have to perform those actions, as simple as they are, pressing a button or holding an analog stick. Actually, some of the ones, some of the later powers, the ultra powers with the two buttons at once can be quite hard to get to maximum level, I found, from button mashing. Maybe it's me old arthritic hands or whatever, but um, some of the, yeah, some of the inputs are, are harder than, that, than others. It, mm. I suppose that's partly to... Um, you know, for the risk reward sense, but yeah, there's just like a, there's a level of where there isn't a complexity and a depth necessarily to it. There is, there is that sense that, yeah, you have to kind of plot and plan your way through each encounter rather than just, yeah, hammer the A button and wing it, which I I appreciate, Mm -hmm. even though it's on the surface, such a, you know, a kiddie, simple fairy tale, silly game. Those 2D games, eh? They're for babies. <laughs> 2D for babies. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I, I don't think I died, so, you know. Yeah, I bet you didn't. I mean, you're an expert. <laughs> I mean, but, you know, it's like Dark Souls to you, right? Basically. <laughs> you've got good 
is it um, everything? Yeah, no, I think um, I think some of the deaths that I had were also to do with uh, my issue was this is a very minor UI gripe, which is not even really fair. But um, if you fight a dry bones type enemy uh, and they collapse, as they do in the Mario games, uh, if you win the fight and, and all the dry bones is in the battle are down, you win the fight they're gone so you've beaten them effectively but all the time you're still in the battle they can come back to life mm. however if you down one and you've still got another enemy alive my i repeatedly assumed that the attack cursor would then default to the not downed enemy mm -hmm. but i just kept uh you know once you're into a into a set of muscle memory of of button presses i just kept attacking the already downed dry bones well you and, see leon uh, this that's, is why you go yeah. to the enemy that's not a dry bones first strategy. <laughs> yeah. You see, I'm tapping my forehead. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, no, it's definitely <laughs> my fault. Definitely my fault. Absolutely. Um, so, other elements of the combat are yes, you can run away, which is uh, something I only did twice in the game. I think uh, when I found myself low on items and health. Uh, but again, the game is pretty generous with heart blocks, which refill everything. If you sleep at a toad house, you get not only all your health and magic back, but also your, uh, and badge points. Um, no, what is, what is the other thing? Action. No, that's the, there's only two things. FP and FP. FP, and FP. Magic, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you oh, also star get points. No, star you're right. Points. Star yeah, points. Yeah. <laughs> you star points too. Uh, as you go through each chapter, you collect, you win back one of the, the seven stars at the end of each chapter. Each one adds to your star power. You get a bit stronger and you get a new special move effectively. Uh, but those are quite expensive to use, especially mm. the, uh, the smooch one, which is your, unless I miss something like this game doesn't have any kind of designated healer as such. And pretty much. Mario get although you you can buy shrooms here and there and find some ultra shrooms which are rare 50 hp back the most effective way to heal that i found was um to use smooch now and again which is 20 hit points back out of what i had which mostly 50 by the end of the game was yeah. did i miss something well earlier in the game the first star power you get uh restores 5 hit points yeah. and five Refresh, magic yeah. points yeah. yes so it's i mean it's it's okay when you have only 15 or 20 hit points um yeah but it, it does get outpaced obviously um mm. and and i think smooch is probably the that's really i didn't use a whole lot of the um the other star powers uh i i did use a couple of times uh there's one i i I'm I'm blanking on the name. It's something like Star Shower or yeah, Star, yeah, Meteor Attack type um, thing. Yeah, Star, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, I think it's Star Shower. If you if I ran into something or a group of some things that yeah. that had really high defense, those were nice because they could you know take out a couple of things at once. Um, or in some of the boss fights where um, and the one I'm thinking about specifically here is the flower field boss fight where he sucks back in his his little buddies to to gain health. Yeah. Uh, that that it could be useful if i was out of the items that would do similar things as well so uh use those a couple of times but mostly it was just the healing and then i would uh yeah just uh save my my star points for that yeah yes uh, we didn't uh my fault we we moved on without really talking about the sound effects you mentioned them both in terms of the jump being wrong and and uh and darren you mentioned the the satisfying orbs uh, but I, I should say that the actual, uh, yeah, so the in-game 
sound effects were definitely part of the appeal for me in terms of the things like uh, Cooper's attack where he slides across the ground and takes, you know, hits four enemies in a row and you get the blop, 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 blop. Mm -hmm. uh familiar sound effects and think even things like the um the sort of the very satisfying meaty metallic metallic clang when you do a, a full block or or get fully blocked and stuff like that so simple stuff but um but quite satisfying i felt yeah <laughs> other other than my problem with the uh with the jump noise the jump. i, I yeah. thought that the uh the sound effects were pretty good uh you mentioned the flower there any other standouts encounters uh, mini boss boss wise flunkies uh, or any regular enemies who gave you pause because it's been such a long time since i played this game that's going to be very the, hard to remember the fuzzies are they the ones that like leech they, yes. they, they yeah. jump on you and Ugh. it's like they just suck part of your face off is that in this one right and yeah, you just you have, have to, to keep mashing on the button yeah that's quite frustrating <sighs> yeah the, that that was someplace where a, a specific badge i felt came in handy um because you get a badge and i I don't remember how many points it is to wear it. It might only be one, um, but it makes Mario electrified um, uh, so that beautiful. when yeah. things touch him, they take damage. And that's really useful for those fuzzies because mm. they will latch onto you and they will do, I think they still do a point of damage, but you don't have to mash. They just immediately get shocked off of you, oh, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. Could definitely do with an accessibility control where yeah. you just hold the button down because mashing buttons, it's not fun, I don't yeah. think. The N64 no. was not the best for those things, yeah. unfortunately. I was playing this with a, uh, what did they call it, Classic Controller Pro, I think, oh, on yeah. the Wii U, the oh. one you plug into the Wii Remote, but not the very simple one that, that was just I like... I used my WaveBird. Oh, nice. Yeah. I have an adapter. <laughs> my WaveBirds died. Um Aww. But yes, hammering buttons, not something I have any particular desire to do at this stage of life. Um, On the N64, like hammering buttons after Mario Party 1 was the preferred option. Because yes. after burning your hand. Spinning the analogue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um, there is some tapping of the analogue left, which I was not that keen on, but didn't hate it as much as button, button pummeling. So, hmm. Uh, the Cooper brothers, they're in there. They're an obvious reference to the Teenage mm -hmm. Mutant Ninja Turtles who are already yeah. about 10 years past their prime when this game came out. Uh, you bite your tongue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Both the Cooper Brothers and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are turtles <laughs> and wear bandana around their heads. The Cooper Brothers also speak in skater slang similar to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yeah, badges. So they're buffs and perks. There are 69 different badges hey, in the game. Nice. But 80 in total, because some of them you can get more than once. I wasted 25 star pieces on a badge. Do they stack? I couldn't work it out. Yes. It doesn't, they do. Okay. So, yes. Right. Because so I that did case, that. There are, there's right, uh, right, right. one that takes like six uh, badge points to equip, but it, it ups your attack by one. Uh, yes, and I had two one. of those on. Yeah. Yes. That's the one. I, I think that was 20. There's a house... You yes. can buy them at, um, is it Malavali sells the badges? No, it's her brother or... Merlo. Mer yeah, it's the, it's the little dude upstairs. I, I forget yes. what his name is, but, mm -hmm. uh, but yes. Um, but yes, you would need... Uh, so I can't remember exactly how many star pieces are in the game, but there's exactly the right amount, as well as getting them for doing favours and mini quests. There's also some just dotted around the environment in the, in the levels. And yeah, right. there is... Uh, so it, it's Malavali who you can ask... To give you a clue as to where they are, right? But there's I no. So, yes. But it's not one of those ones where it takes you off and shows you 
something like a what's the, what's the game? Is that banjo kazooie thing as well? What's the what's the game that? Oh no, it's a Zelda thing, isn't it? Where it actually gives you a kind of effectively using the cartridge to show you a, a visual clue of where you need to be to to find the thing. In this game, it just sort of says back in the desert where there's some stuff if you know somewhere around there there's a thing so it's a bit vague <laughs> there right. is also a badge that will um and i had this on for a while and then it got frustrating because it was not specific enough to really justify yeah. <laughs> it but once you walk into an area it will kind of ping if there's a secret um yeah, right. and but it doesn't like ping faster if you're closer to it or anything like that it's literally just you walk into the the area the screen where a thing is and it will go bing and it's the machine that goes ping um and that's it yeah the the clues towards finding the badges are a little more, um, uh, a little less oblique, a little more mm. straightforward, which, uh, but yes, I think I only ended up with a, like maybe 20 of the 80 total badges, including some repeats. But I understand that if you were going to try to kind of outrank the game as much as you possibly could, it would be a case of leveling up your, badge points ahead of your hit points and flower points which i whereas i very much focused on the bog standard get your health as high as possible if you do level up your badge points to maximum and equip a certain combination of the best badges in the game i think you can effectively render yourself overpowered I, yeah. I mean, I don't know that I would say it was overpowered. You still need to execute on whatever you're doing. Um, yeah. But it is much easier to, um, especially if you use Watt, who becomes very useful in the later game when things have higher defense. Uh, because yeah. effectively what defense is, is it knocks off one point of your damage. Mm -hmm. So if something has like four defense or three defense, as some of the, the Koopas do, um it's very hard to actually get damage on them um what I, th I think what actually just straight up ignores damage or ignores uh armor on things yeah. um and you know as you keep upping your your attack with the badges it just it makes it easier to kind of counteract that mm. yes shocking that's what's fun about what five damage points floating enemies spiked enemies Yes, uh, we didn't mention the fact that, for instance, unless you equip a certain badge which bypasses it, Mario spends a lot of time jumping on things because he's Mario, uh, but you're not able to do that by default if they've got, say, a spiky head or helmet. Mm. Um, and you can't just go up to them and use your hammer if they're in the air. Is there a badge which allows you to use your your hammer on air-based enemies, I wonder? Uh, there's a no. badge that lets you, you can cause an earthquake throw attack. It. Oh, yeah. Uh, that will, like, knock them off the of the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gotcha. But if they're just floating, then I, I don't... Oh, is there one that lets you throw it? Okay. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, there is. Yeah. yeah, the hell badge, whatever it's mm. called. There was once an Anger's Power badge in the beta for Paper Mario. It would cause Mario to gain a dark red tinge of color and pose angrily. Mario's turn would be controlled automatically while the partner is controlled by the player. Mario's attack would increase by two, but AI neglects common sense, such as jumping on top of spike enemies. The effect is very much similar to the common berserk status of many RPGs. Yeah, it, it doesn't really fit the aesthetic of the game. I've seen the animation and he's just like, yeah, it's, as you described, he <laughs> looks angry and he's red. It's just like, that, that doesn't sit right with Mario's 
passive kind of. You I also, know. I also think that would be pretty difficult, just control wise, because yeah. your partner can't use any of the star powers and can't use items. No. So if you if you die or you know if you jump on a spiked enemy too many yeah. times, there's not a whole lot you can do about it. Mm. Yeah, it would wrestle that exactly the thing we were talking about about the sequence, the order of play, the the little strategy mm. game that you play inside your head in each battle. If you wore that badge, you'd be, it's, yeah, it's it's gone. So it's then it becomes a bit of a random ish, semi random gamble on whether Mario will do the right thing to get you through the battle. I can see why they left it on the cutting room floor, uh, although that was from IMDb trivia. <laughs> Uh, the game has a certain amount of uh, status, things like uh, dizzy and shrunk and things like that. But I didn't find it. It didn't really. There wasn't as much of I, I was expecting more of that kind of thing in a Mario game. It felt like it made sense to have kind of more wacky statuses. You can get poisoned. Most of the classics are in there. You can be frozen. But the, I didn't feel like there were tons of enemies that had lots of different quirky ways of mucking around with your status. It doesn't really happen until later in the game, too, which I, I guess it. is understandable. Um, mm. But uh, but yeah, I mean it's 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 there, and but you can defend against it pretty effectively. I, I my guess would be um, that they didn't want to go too overboard with it because you yeah. can't carry too many items, so healing it becomes yeah. kind of difficult. It would fall in line with the game's, you know, what I perceive as simplicity. You know, if you have too many. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, curses and, you know, this and that and whatever. You know, it'd probably just frustrate the player who's learning the ropes, so to speak. Yeah. It is nice that they go away after the fight, though. I really dislike oh, it yeah. when, when things carry over. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of logical, but it, it also feels like one of those things that still happens because it happened in RPGs that were made in 1987. So. Final Fantasy 2. Yeah. 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 And again, on the subject of items, I didn't use many of them i didn't think they were that uh important to the game other than some power up uh, some healing mushrooms which as i say again later in the game become a little bit less uh kind of they they become such a, a a small percentage of your hit points as to be less attractive than using your flower attack that said there's also ones that bring you back to life and give you 10 health points which i did find myself uh in fact i used one of those on the last boss battle to, mm. to to finish the game but generally i could only find in stores the i couldn't find anything more potent than the the super mushroom or whatever which is 10 hp so unless there's a secret shop somewhere that has better items i think there is actually i mm -hmm. i know that i had a couple of those going into the last fight and i thought that i bought one of them but i i don't honestly remember where it was it might have been yes. down. Oh, actually, you know what it might have been is uh, there's a shop that you uh, that you don't get access to until after you have finished the whatever chapter you get a uh, bow in. Uh, uh -huh. It's like in the basement of of the oh, uh, of the yeah. ghost house, and you yeah. have to actually go back to it later with her because if you don't, it just says you can't use this because she said no. Um, I see. There's also I, that a might of... be it. I, I won't. I won't swear to that being where no, I got sure. that, but I, it, that is, it is a secret shop. Uh, there are a couple of those. Yeah, there's a couple of letters that uh, Paracari gets to deliver to uh, the mansion, so that mm -hmm. would make sense to things to to get you to go back there, which I didn't yeah. do. Um, I didn't want to get lost in the woods again. <laughs> Creepy. 
There is a uh, there is a uh, pipe that you can get uh, underground that yeah. will take you straight to the mansion and you don't have to go through there. So that's, yeah, that's yeah. what I ended up doing. I didn't actually go back until I could unlock that. As you said, I, I got that so late in the day that I'd pretty much finished the game by the time I had short mm. uh, quick travel. So <laughs> didn't really didn't really need to use it. Uh, one other thing, I suppose, that is worth considering this is a 20 year old game it's not as old as say final fantasy one um but it is a lot older than say the witcher three um, <laughs> uh there's no sort of waypointing in this game so you pretty much have to remember what people have told you about where to go next except that there's a fortune teller which is obviously something we'd seen nintendo do before in zelda and stuff like that um possibly Super Mario RPG as well. I can't quite remember at this moment. And Merle will give you a fairly transparent instruction as to where you need to head next. I remember the first time I played this, I feel like uh, even when, when, I, when I first played this, I was like 28 years old. And I remember getting quite stuck quite early on. Um, it just goes to show what they say about men not get growing up until they're <laughs> until they're much older because uh, yeah i imagine being confused as a 28 year old by super mario rpg <laughs> but um but now i was like yeah i didn't get i didn't get remotely lost or stuck i think there was there was one um one or two little bits in dungeons where i maybe got slightly sidetracked and waylaid just by trying to explore every path but generally the layouts weren't i didn't find that the layouts were overly complex and i found some of the the secrets and extra little bits of the dungeons quite enjoyable to find. There are a few little, yeah. just um, just short little puzzles to solve, environmental mm -hmm. ones, and using your allies' abilities to get to different places. I thought they were, again, without being deeply taxing, uh, just stimulating enough to keep me engaged. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It, uh, I, I liked how they used uh, the the abilities of your of your partners, uh, and sometimes you have to do that, and sometimes it's just oh, I noticed a crack in the wall over there, so I'm gonna you know head on over and take Bombat yeah. with me. Uh, if if you were observant, you could usually see some of the more obvious ones. Um, th there were some that were a little bit more hidden, uh, and I know I definitely didn't get all of them, but uh, but yeah. It, it, oh yeah. I I also liked, and and this is something that I don't know that I would have done at the time. Oh, maybe I would have um, just talking to not even just the fortune teller, but just talking to like the toads in Toad Town. They will tell you when you get into an area kind of what it's supposed to to do, what you're supposed to be doing in that area. Mm. Um, if you just talk to a lot of the ambient characters, I, I, I thought that that was was pretty helpful, especially if you're not especially familiar with those yeah. types of games. Um, there is towards the end i think it's the I, I mentioned the flower chapter how to unlock that is a little bit obscure um oh, yeah, yeah. because there's uh, i mean it's it's not that you uh that it's impossible or anything but you do have to collect these seeds you and could give miss them one to the, for sure. yeah oh yeah you absolutely could yeah uh, and you can always go back and get them if you if you need to but if you I thought uh, this is something that I had completely forgotten about since the first time I, I played it. I thought that that was going to be an extra thing. So like I was looking for them. Totally and, with you. And yeah. I, I knew that, you know, I, I wanted to get them and find them. Uh, but I didn't realize that it was actually going to be critical to advancing the, the and here's general storyline. Here's a weird thing. The we, the way I found out it was going to be a chapter of the game was because I somehow accidentally 
this is sort of ironic given the fact that at the time of recording there is a bug in the latter stages of the latest Paper Mario that if you sequence break what the game expects you can actually lock yourself out of the ending. I sort of accidentally mm. sequence broke Paper Mario 1 only in a very minor way but in that I f- I, I just decided to do some stuff like backtrack and do some other bits and bobs before I went forward and I bumped into Chuck Quizmo and he started quizzing me about the chapter I hadn't yet done, which was the <laughs> flower chapter. I was like, what? He was like, what kind of flower does this person, does this berry, uh, do, yeah, what kind of berry does this flower eat or something like that? You know, all the stuff that you've learned in the yeah. in, in this chapter. Um, the only bit uh, that did temporarily confuse me and I had to take the journey back across the sea on the not not a tuna uh, was uh, the the you do come across the fourth uh, seed is it? Um, there are bulb bubbles bulbs, bulbs, bulbs yeah something, yeah um, you <laughs> come across it seeds, yes. before you can collect it they just uh, the yeah he says I'm not ready yet come yeah. back later <laughs> and by the time I'd finished that chapter which is quite long I'd completely forgotten about that so I went back and then it was like oh that's the next chapter so I need to go back and get that bulb those little plant creatures they very much looked like they were the genesis of the pianta from super mario sunshine to me that's yeah. what it was yeah mm. i was like these things look familiar but i can't quite place them yes yeah. i agree maybe they sprouted and become really annoying <laughs> <laughs> they, they grew bodies it's a little creepy actually yeah. when you think about it but um they turn up. They still turn up from time to time. But um, are they canon? Well, yes. But uh, <laughs> but they don't live. They don't live in the Mushroom Kingdom, generally. Uh, and yeah, weirdly, I suppose this is where the items element is probably something that I didn't spend enough time sort of looking into. There's actually cooking in this game. There's no crafting really, but there's cooking. The thing is, you don't do it. And like after having played games like monster hunter and breath of the wild where cooking is kind of a huge sort of part of it and and in the case of breath of the wild i think it's actually you know it's like a a pleasurable and exciting interaction in itself in this case you go to a house in toad town and go click click through some menu options give items to the toad who is called taste tea and first one item and later two items once you've upgraded your recipe book or whatever um and she comes back. So you give her a mushroom, she comes back with a fried mushroom. The The issue is, I suspect there's a great combo in there somewhere where you give her two items and she comes back with ultra mushrooms and whatever else. But all I found is that a lot of the cooking either turned into a mistake, which was very much like um, something they brought back for Breath of the Wild, the, sort <laughs> of the, the plate of uh, crap that doesn't do you much good. Like it but, gives you like one hit point or exactly, something. Exactly, yeah. But it also... Um, I just found that some of the cooking of the items seemed to spread out its worth. So it would be like, here's a thing that gives you 10 hit points, but now it gives you four hit points and five flower points. Like, I didn't want that. <laughs> Thanks, love. So- yeah, I, I had the, a similar experience. Like, I, I'm sure that there is something really good that you can do, but I wasn't willing to sacri- potentially sacrifice my good items that were either expensive or you can't actually buy them to you know find out it would have been nice if you could have found like recipes you know or hints yes. hidden around somewhere uh to my knowledge you can't do that you can just experiment but uh yeah mm. so yeah you progress the game 
via a series of chapters. It's a bit storybook like, as you might expect. Uh, waiting an additional 10 seconds after the jingle that plays on the chapter title cards will cause a complete version of the Super Mario Brothers theme song to start playing. I never did that. I'm sad. Uh, I may have heard that tune before. No More Spiros from the forum says, Every now and then I feel a strong urge to replay Paper Mario. It's not surprising that I feel this way given the immense amount of charm the game has, a strength every Mario RPG has played up to the best of their abilities. Mario might not be as effective a storyteller as his more animated self in Super Mario RPG, but that's more than made up for through the partner system. Being able to receive letters for all eight of Mario's companions, whether they be family, friends or former foes, highlights just how important a role they play in saving Peach from the clutches of a practically invincible Bowser. Paper Mario also manages to be one of the rare games where backtracking doesn't feel like as much of a chore as it could be. There's always something new to be found, whether it's a new encounter with the feisty junior trooper or a unique bit of environmental interaction like the pole that watches your movements on Pleasant Path run around in circles to earn hearts. Didn't notice that. <laughs> if nothing else does show up, even the basic action of moving is genuinely fun because of the spinning mechanic, letting Mario twirl forward instead of just walking along. I don't know why it was removed from future games in the series, but I miss it every time. Everything should line up. A fun battle mechanic, interesting characters to meet, and all the spinning one could ever ask for. So why do I never replay Paper Mario? The prologue. I can see an argument for why the action commands are tucked away for as long as they are. It allows players, to, uh, players completely unfamiliar with RPGs to get a general understanding of how they work and allows for a bit more of a tactical approach to early encounters like the Goomba King. The problem is that it's just too slow, taking about an hour for even seasoned players the action part of action RPG to be introduced. To my knowledge, it's the only game in the series to do this, and it's easy to see why it wasn't repeated. That said, I absolutely still recommend Paper Mario, especially to those who are playing it as their first in the series. But for experienced players, that early game can feel like an absolute slog. For them, it's all a matter of just how much they like spinning. Yeah, I thought I was doing something wrong, actually, <laughs> at the very beginning, because I was like, I know that there's action commands in this. Why can't I do them? Right. Uh, but yeah, you have to wait until Peach lets you, essentially. <laughs> yeah. But yes, the spinning, it's true. Um, its It was on the Z trigger on the original N64 controller. So mm. I was doing it on an L button. And uh, it's... It's one of those weird locomotion things. You can bet that it's the only way to do a speed run of this game. And yes, there are yep. world records <laughs> is to spin everywhere. But you mm -hmm. have to jump out of the spin before it finishes its animation. Otherwise, you get locked into a kind of recovery frame or two. Yeah. All the gameplay that I watched today or had it on and, you know, in the background, everyone was just spinning around. Yeah. You can use it to break out of boundaries and do all sorts really so you ah, could probably okay. see why they would take it out of games because if you counted the frames on it i'm sure at one point there's a bit where you could jump and just completely break boundaries and fall out of the world and do all sorts of weirdness mm. i would say mario's default pace is a little slow which yeah. makes you want to makes you want to do the spin um but i'm not really sure I mean, it is it there just to evade Unwanted encounters, is that what it's mainly for? I think that was the only time I actually used it rather than misused it, was to zip past certain enemies where I felt there was no need to have... So there's a there's a run-up to the final boss, 
where there's a there's a bridge which is kind of covered in four potentially quite tricky encounters and at that point i was nowhere near getting another level up which would have only given me three more badge points anyway because i had 50 hit points and 50 flower points so all i wanted to do to get from the last uh, save point or whatever to the encounter was to to just get through that as quickly as possible so i end up kind of zip zig zigzagging zip ways through the through the morass of enemies to get to the next bit but other than that i was just using it because it was less boring <laughs> yeah yeah I, I forgot i forgot all about it in my recent oh, really? semi playthrough yeah and i just watched all these youtubers doing it and i'm like oh of course you can spin i don't know if you get told that you can do it in the game i'm not I too don't sure think you so. do yeah i think no. i found it by accident Whee! there is there is a badge that will let you like eventually just uh if you hit an enemy on the overworld and it's way lower, like if it's not going to give you any experience. Auto blop it. Yeah. Yeah. I, mm. And I'm not sure if maybe you can, there might be something similar for spinning into them. I don't know if spinning into them would also work. I, that's completely unsub Probably. unsubstantiated, but I think that maybe I, yeah, I that could know. work. So uh, yeah, certainly save a lot of uh, time and frustration. If you were say re revisiting earlier areas for yeah. star bits or whatever. Mm hmm. Uh, and yes, the other thing is, as we said uh, at the top of the show, there are Princess Peach sort of sub quests between chapters normally or at the beginning and end of chapters. Deadpool Negative says the Princess Peach missions between each chapter I found myself particularly looking forward to as it was neat to not only get to play Peach again after all these years, but to do it in a way that can only be described as tactical Mushroom Kingdom action Metal Gear Princess. <laughs> I mean, it's not quite that hardcore a stealth game, uh, but uh, yeah, it was quite fun sneaking around the castle. It was a nice little respite from the, because there's no actual regular battling in the Peach segments. So mm. it was a, it was a slight mix up. No, I, there, there are a couple of, I mean, Nintendo was obsessed with these little mini stealth sections at this point, weren't they? They put them in everything. I don't know if they yeah. still are, but both uh, Ocarina of Time and, um, mm -hmm. Uh, Majora's Mask had them, and uh, they were always very sort of binary, like enemy faces this way, can see you, enemy doesn't face this way, can't see you, sort of. It, th there's a bit in the library in this which just reminded me so much of that bit around the back of um, Castle Hyrule in, in Ocarina of Time. Yeah. But, but yeah, you get to make a cake. Right? You do, in fact, yes. <laughs> I, I, what, I don't know what happens if you mess it up. I, I don't like, does know. it just does it just fail you or mistake? I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe, maybe sh uh, the the Gourmand shy guy complains about it or something. I don't know. Maybe. I you know Ivy loves seeing Princess Peach being playable. Like so, I gave her the controller and she was all over it. Um, but I just wish like these bits are really good. And on the N sixty four, playing as Princess Peach was a massive kind of. You know, it was a it was a good diversion, but I just wish going forward they'd have kind of carried it on. Do you know what I mean? Like Princess Peach as a as a playable, you know, in three D world is obvious is a, you know is an obvious choice. Um, but as a kind of and Super Princess Peach and the DS is right, you know, another one. But I just wish you could play as Peach more often, or at least just like especially now that I've got my own a daughter of my own. Mm -hmm. you know I mean, he's just desperate for anything princess. She doesn't care if it's Disney or Nintendo. Like she just wants to play as a princess, and it's just like find it quite frustrating that the only way you could play Princess Peach is in like the a mid chapter, you know, in between chapters of Paper Mario. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There should yeah. be there should be a proper game. You know what I mean? There should be. It's just Smash. Uh well, yeah. 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 
I think the, yes, so they made one, it's 15 years ago now, I think, 14 years ago, Super Princess Peach. Can't remember which developer was behind that, but that's now considered a rather reductive and uh, Mm. kind of problematic game because, right, you can finally play the woman, but she's completely dictated by her emotions. I I, I liked that game, but yeah, I mean, it's kind of... It and is sort of a, it's yeah. problematic. Let's yes, say that. Yes, let's call it, let's yeah, let's use the p word. Sure. Um, yeah, it's it's a sh- it's a shame because I understand. Like I'm sure you know, it's one of those things where the intent was surely not harmful, but the reality is that it's it doesn't um, it doesn't say good things uh, about yeah attitudes and 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 whatnot. It kind of reminds me. It's like. Similarly, on the DS, I think it was Tingle's Rupees Magical oh, yeah. Land or something. Freshly picked. That's it. Yeah, there was a side mm. quest in that game where a guy, it was a person of color. You wanted to get something for him, and it was a ghetto blaster. And you just think, oh my god, come on! Like, <laughs> how stereotypical could you be? Like, oh yeah, I'm a man of color, and therefore I like rap music and a ghetto blaster on my shoulder. You just think, oh come on! Like, they can do other things. You know what I mean? Like. A princess peach can do more things and get angry and cry and do all these, you know, girly things. And yeah, she can make she cakes. She can also bake a cake, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and get captured yes. again. But yeah, like... It, radical feminism. It is It is pretty funny when you go... Uh, it, you can, uh, when you come back to the castle at the very end of the game as Mario, uh, if you go into her room, she just has an entire rack of dresses that are all exactly the same. Yeah. And he will come. Well, he doesn't comment on that, but you know. It, oh, he does because you get there at the end, and he says uh, something like, "They're all the same." I guess she must like this style, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in Boo Mansion, according to IMDb, if the player goes through the door across the hall from the entrance and jumps into the jar inside, Mario will come out of the jar looking like his original eight-bit sprite, which is something that also happens in uh, Super uh, Super Mario RPG. Or in a in a different room, obviously. Uh, and Minty, the flower-loving toad in Toad Town Garden, is named Lip in the Japanese version. And Lip is the name of the flower fairy protagonist in Panel Dupont on the Super Nintendo, which you can now play on the Switch SNES online service, uh, also known as Tetris Attack internationally. Both characters share a love of flowers and even share the game the same yellow, green, and pink color scheme. And of course, Lip's stick is a smash item, isn't it? It's the one which you, yeah. uh, it ma- makes people have a flower come out of their head. That's I'm not right, actually yeah. sure what else it does. It's, I presume it does something bad. I, I it, just... it increases your percentage. Like, so the, the longer you hold it down, yeah. like the kind of the, the, the firmer, the bigger the flower is in your head. So your percentage goes up quicker. So if, you, if you charge it up and you smack it on someone's face, it, it you know does a lot of damage and it keeps increasing your percentage. But speaking of Smash, that has the Star <laughs> Rod from Kirby, right? That the, the Star Rod in Mario, it, oh, yeah. it's not the Kirby one, is it? It's just a Mario Star Rod. I can't really. Like, there's mm. some link going on here, but I'm yeah, mm. like the, a Mario having a Star <laughs> Rod. Like despite how many stars are in Mario, going you know from day one with the superstar and you know. Yeah, yeah. Star Road and there was a rod in Super Mario Brothers three as well, isn't there? Yeah, some kind of rod. <laughs> yeah, strange. Yeah, like just to have a star rod in this game, and also mm. like you know there was a Kirby game on the N sixty four, which looks kind of similar in terms of three D backgrounds. Yeah, like I just think that there's enough stars in this game because they're not just called it something else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just like <laughs> magic rod. The Crystal Shards was the Kirby sixty four game. That's right. Yeah. 
And, you know, mm. Kirby was 3D in that as a playable character, but mm. generally the the viewpoint very similar in terms of yeah. backdrops. It wasn't yes. an adventure game; it was more of a platformer. But it, the N sixty four has got a very unique look, I think, and it, some of it's oh, yeah. like blurry and murky. And uh, <laughs> I think, yeah, I think Kirby and Paper Mario do have a similar kind of vibe going on. Yes, but they're only allowed to come together in Smash. I think there've been have there been other overlaps probably that i can't oh sports does kirby ever turn up in mario sports games no i don't, probably think, as, I don't think so as, as an unlockable beach ball maybe <laughs> smack him for a spike that'd be good oh. toon scottoon <laughs> from the forum says i tried super mario rpg and it didn't work for me enough to stick with it for more than an hour in fact it made me write off all mario rpgs but Kana Rintz got me to give this version a shot on my Wii U, and I'm much happier for it. The combination of diet Zelda puzzle solving, varied combat styles, and truly exquisite character writing rocketed me not only through this game, but further into the series, compelling me to dust off my original Wii and spend a decent amount of money on a GameCube controller, a memory card, and a copy of Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. (laughs) This is what we do to people. (laughs) <laughs> the plot is just what you'd expect. It's the structure of many Mario games, but the way that this game tackles side characters, building out a universe with game show loving Koopa Trooper guards, bumbling penguin cops, and butt kicking Lady Boo made the whole affair fresh and memorable in a way that I just wasn't prepared for. The game kept surprising me right up until the very end with that very cute celebratory parade that goes by mm-hmm. when you roll the end credits. So thanks to the person or persons who put this on the show list this year, you've added one more fan to the stack of Paper Mario supporters. We Wait. should get sponsored by eBay. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome, Toon. But yes, it was really, uh, it was on the list because it was 20 years old. It is 20 years old. Hmm. Give or take. Some three word reviews. Patty Cake 566 says baby's first RPG. Christopher Love says, don't hit Wacker. <laughs> so tempting. Blue Weasel Breath says, cutest N64 game, but perhaps even more cutely, sent us a tweet. Uh, I made this with my daughter in recognition of the upcoming show. It's nothing extraordinary, I know, but then again, I have no papercraft talent or experience. Uh, obviously, you can't see this listener, but they made a Paper Mario. It's really cute. Yeah. And the fact that we inspired somebody to make. It's way uh, better than anything I would come up with. I'll tell you that. (laughs) The Paper Mario is really cute. Anyway. Hmm. Toon Scottoon. Sheet impressed me. And Jay Mitchell says 2D RPG bliss. Lovely. Thank you very much. Uh, So to conclude, I think it's probably me first. So it's another one off the plate after two decades. Again, the kind of game that I part of putting Kane and Rince in action was was about me getting around to finishing. Although, of course, it was it was merely 10 years on my backlog when we started Kane and Rince. Now it's 20 years. But I have finally finished Paper Mario. It was. Gently pleasant and pleasantly gentle. I didn't fall in love with it. I'm not blown away by it. It wasn't, uh, you know, a, a transcendental magical experience for me, but it was nice. It's a nice game. I think it uh, it was still pleasing to the eye and the ear for the most part. 
And yeah, it's incredibly kind of simple uh, story wise, character wise. There's nothing really to engage my 48 year old brain in any sort of significant way. It doesn't pull at the heartstrings particularly. It doesn't, uh, it didn't make me laugh too many times, although there were a couple of what the hell moments like the murder, um, which uh, <laughs> at least, you know, a couple of memorable points and the locations didn't, I didn't have the same sort of awe for them as, as in some games of the era. And I think maybe partly that's the, the audio visual side of things being from the N64, not having quite the, the magic that certain 16 bit sprites have to me or, uh, or whatever, but also partly acknowledging that I played the Wii U version, which is not the best way to play it slightly uh, dim looking grayish washed out looking emulation and missing a few of the sparkly effects possibly had a, a slightly deleterious effect on my overall opinion of it that said yeah it was it was a perfectly pleasant time and uh, i enjoyed completing it having it off my plate and sp uh, perhaps most importantly it's i am now looking forward to i mean i was before but i'm really now looking forward to playing the second game because if there's one game in the in the series that people seem to to talk about with most affection it would be the the GameCube entry, mm. the Thousand Year Door. And yes, watch this space. It may get covered in the future. Now I'm on a roll. Just uh, just three or four more games to go after that <laughs> to catch up with the Origami King. But yeah, Paper Mario, it's not an easy game to actually get hold of and play now unless you have, if you were one of the people who has a Wii U, you can still get it, but you, there won't be the best way to play. Obviously, you can play it through illegal emulation and find a ROM somewhere that Nintendo hasn't taken offline if you, if you feel so disposed to do so or if you have an n64 you can source the cartridge for some significant expense but um yeah i would imagine if you're an n64 collector you've already got it so <laughs> uh darren yeah as an n64 collector you know i definitely <laughs> had this and uh it was it was it was an eye-opener much like the n64 was for me for a lot of games um you know i this where i've played my first zelda with ocarina of time and this is where I played and completed my first RPG. And uh, yeah, it did exactly as what Nintendo intended, I guess, in terms of integrating new players into a new type of game. And it was, I enjoyed it back in the day that much that it propelled me through harder games on the GBA in terms of Mario and Luigi. I do think those games are a little bit more challenging, mm, yeah. um, especially with the boss battles, as we spoke about. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I've always got a fondness for the N64 Paper Mario. And I don't, I think it comes down to the comedy. Like if a game can make me laugh, I'm in. Whether it's like not a very fun game to play from moment to moment, if it can make me laugh, then I'll pretty much play anything really. And um, yeah, this game had me laughing. Like the, the, the notable one for me, uh, the other than the floating into bed when I was like, yes, that game's got some charm, is when you go to onto the balcony or the, the the back bit of the um Gunpa's house and the balcony's not there anymore or kind of like the <laughs> the, the kind of porch area and it kind of just blinks and it falls away like, Wiley coyote like that. style yes. yeah that's it you know what i mean it's just and so that alone just made me go right okay I've, i'm really like gelling with what this game's laying out and uh yeah i, I really enjoyed it but um like me with like, i find replaying rpgs I still find them to be quite 
bit of a chore, you know what I mean? Because I, 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 I'm playing it for the story and the 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 dialogue, which is not like me really. I normally play a game for the gameplay, but if I'm playing a, if I'm playing a game like Paper Mario, I'm playing it for the laughs and the story that's happening around me. So replaying it, I find a bit more of a struggle anyway, because you know, I can pretty much just yeah, okay, this is the gameplay. Da, 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 da. If I'm replaying a game, it's because the gameplay is really good. So you know. In terms of Paper Mario on the N64, I, I do really like it. And I do think the series has some peaks and some valleys in terms of quality. But this one definitely sits right in the middle and just like, yeah, yeah, good job. And well done for like setting out uh, groundwork for what's coming next. Because, you know, it, it the next one is definitely um, without foreshadowing anything. Like it really is kind of the sequel to what this was. And uh yeah, you'll definitely um, at one point maybe um, experience mm -hmm. it. <laughs> so yeah, um, overall, uh, quite an important game for me because it, it it made me understand games from a different point of view. And you know, here I am thinking about finishing off of the Origami King. And uh, yeah, I so yeah, I love the series. I think this game's just yeah good enough. But there's better out there. Mm. Series twenty years still going. Uh, let's finish with uh, Leah, for whom this was the gateway drug to RPGs. It was, I know. Uh, yeah, I, I will, I will forever be grateful to Paper Mario for doing that for me, uh, for being the game that kind of turned me on to this kind of game in general. Um, and look what's happened since. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, I, I think that uh, that Paper Mario, the original Paper Mario, does actually hold up pretty well. Um, I. I the gameplay, uh, as as we've kind of said, is is maybe not the most solid in the series, uh, but I I think that it's good enough to recommend still if you can in some way get a hold of it. Um, I, it it might at least let you know if you enjoy the series, and uh, I think maybe if you start with some of the other ones, going back to it might be a little bit difficult. But um, if you're like me and it makes you a, a little bit itchy to play newer entries in a series before you have played the older ones, then I think this is still uh, something that you'll you'll get a, a good time out of. I. Uh, I, I enjoy kind of what it sparked both in my game playing habits and in the, the series with the other Paper Mario games as well as the Mario and Luigi games that came after it. And I, I'm glad that they went this direction with the character and with, uh, with the, the storylines. So, uh, yeah, recommendation from me. And, um, and now you know how all of this started <laughs> for <laughs> me. Uh, so. Yeah, I don't think I knew that. I, I guess yeah. I would have assumed it was something that was probably dated earlier, if you know what I mean. Even if yeah, it wasn't you would think, time, but yeah. no, I was I actually it was actually kind of late for relatively for for me yeah. to. It's just everything kind of snowballed very quickly after. Uh, after sure that. did. Should share a picture of your RPG shelf sometime. Oh God, I don't. That's just going to depress everybody. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, uh, that's been fun. Thanks to you for listening. And uh, listeners, Mario fans in particular, uh, we have got pickups for, say pickups, we've got issues coming up for series involving Mario that we started some time ago. So we've got a Mario Kart show later this year about Mario Kart DS. And we've got a Super Mario show in the form of Odyssey around Christmas time. So stick with us for those and loads of other stuff in between. 
For now, it remains for me, Leon, to thank Darren, Leah, Editor Jay, all of our correspondents, and you once again for listening. And I want to tell you that next time, in issue 431, we'll be talking about Hotline Miami 2. Wrong number. Thank you.